0: You're listening to episode number 75 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today we're chatting about why you experience PMS, oral birth control affecting your hormones, the PMS standard of care, and why it's completely failing all of us, cycle changes on keto, and so much more. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Leanne from healthfulpursuit.com, and this is the Keto Diet Podcast. Keto is a low-carb, high-fat diet where we're switching from a sugar-burning state to becoming fat-burning machines. Starting keto and maintaining it long-term can be quite a challenge if you don't feel supported. My 60-day program, The Keto Bundle, provides you with clear, step-by-step how-to on successfully adapting to a ketogenic diet, avoiding common ketogenic struggles and healing your body completely and fully with a ketogenic diet go to healthfulpursuit.com slash bundle and use the coupon code podcast all in caps no spaces to get 10% off your order exclusive for podcast listeners only now let's get this party started The show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com/podcast/e75. And let's hear from one of our awesome partners. I like to take extra precautions to support my gut during cold and flu season. The stress of daily life, work, and traveling can take a toll on anyone's immune system, and none of us have time to get sick. Am I right? I like to take a strong probiotic as a way to repopulate my healthy gut bacteria, which leads to a stronger immune system. Wolf Clinic Royal Flora is my choice for soil-based probiotics. Wolf Clinic is offering 20% off their probiotics to U.S. and Canadian listeners of the Keto Diet Podcast. Head to healthfulpursuit.com slash gut and use the coupon code gut all in caps no spaces at checkout to receive 20% off. Unsure of the link? Simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all the details. Two great things for you guys today. The first is that I've put together a free 26 page recipe booklet on how to prepare carb up meals. You can get it at healthfulpursuit.com slash carb up great for the lady or gentleman who is sick and tired of being stuck in a weight plateau wants to balance their hormones and is like i need something different <laughs> so you can head on over to healthfulpursuitcom carb up to get the free guide with over 50 recipes that show you which foods are best on a carb up and also how to prepare them easily a the second thing is if you really love hormones and you are all about them I also did a podcast episode on this very podcast that you're listening to, episode 42, titled Optimizing Your Menstrual Cycle on Keto, that I highly recommend you check out because today we're going to be chatting all about hormones with one of my favorite doctors to chat about hormones with. Her name is Dr. Anna Kabeka. She's an Emory University-trained gynecologist and obstetrician, a menopause and sexual health expert, and international speaker and educator. She created the top-selling products Julva, an anti-aging feminine cream for women, Mighty Maca Plus, a superfood, Hormone balancing health drink and online programs, magic menopause, women's restorative health, and sexual CPR. If you've heard Dr. Anna Kabeka talk like ever out in public or on podcast episodes or YouTube videos or wherever, you will know that she is one of the best speakers when it comes to hormones and how the body works and she just makes it so relatable and I've been chatting a lot with Dr. Quebeca lately. Uh, we've been working on a couple of projects together so it's been really fun. The podcast episode today that you're about to listen To being one of them. And then I also did a video interview with her just a couple of days ago, actually. And the video interview is for my upcoming 12 week keto doctor approved video training program for women, where I'll be showing you step by step how to create a fat burning body for life through weekly video tutorials, step by step guides, worksheets, and interviews with leading keto experts, including Dr. Kubeka. So if you want to know more about this program when it launches in spring, 2018 be sure to head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash member to be notified as soon as it comes out. I've been dreaming of this program for like over a decade and I've been working on it for four years and it's finally coming to fruition and I'm just so excited to share it with you. So without further ado let's cut over today's interview. qualified qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. Hey, Dr. Anna, how's it going? It's great, Leanne. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. I was telling you, I've been following you and I love what you're doing and how you're getting good information out to people.
0: Oh, that means so much coming from you because I've followed you for quite some time and likewise. So I'm really glad to have you here. And for listeners that may not be familiar with your work, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself?
1: Great. I am a um, board certified and trained, Emory University trained gynecologist and obstetrician. So I uh, started my residency in Atlanta way back in 1955 and then came into medical practice in Southeast Georgia in 1999. And I quickly immersed both feet full on in into integrative medicine, bioidentical hormone therapy, and became also a sexual health expert as well as an expert in bioidentical hormones. So I've since become double board or triple board certified now in anti-aging and regenerative medicine, as well as integrative medicine. And just I just love learning. I try to keep looking for the underlying reasons for this, you know, what our bodies are going through. And as we transition in, in life, and I really do work to empower women to balance their own hormones and to be their own best innate healer, their own best innate physician, whether it's, you know, getting pregnant and fertility, whether it's menopause,
0: and and beyond. That's amazing and such a beautiful introduction to the things that we're going to be chatting about because today we really wanted to focus on PMS and effects of birth control. And, it, you know, we've never, well, we've had one podcast episode chatting like deep in with hormones, but we didn't really touch on PMS. And this is a huge topic for many women. So first off, for those that may not understand what PMS is, can we chat about what PMS is? And is this something that every woman experiences or just some or how does it occur?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So PMS is really a constellation of symptoms and it can be different for different women. It really can be experienced differently. But we consider PMS, which stands for premenstrual syndrome, this time of irritability, bloating, maybe weight gain, um, acne breakout, headaches, brain fog, agitation, that doesn't sound very good, just saying all that, right? And it doesn't feel very good if you're going through it. And in the United States, I think our statistics run that at any time in a woman's life, 80% of us will experience PMS or PMS syndrome, this constellation of symptoms that occur the time, usually one to two weeks before the first day of your bleeding cycle, which we call the first day of your menses. So the first day you start bleeding the first day of your period. So usually those two weeks prior is what we call our luteal phase after ovulation until we have a withdrawal bleed. We're not pregnant, we have a withdrawal bleed. So this area of hormone fluctuation we have during this pre-menstrual phase, we typically have an increased level of progesterone as our body after ovulation is designing itself to prepare for a pregnancy. So we have higher level of progesterone, usually higher levels of estrogen as well. And um, to thicken the endometrium to make this great bedding to keep a fertilized egg nurtured for a pregnancy. And that pregnancy doesn't occur, all the hormones drop and we have our period, and usually this this tension of this elevated hormones releases. So that's kind of what's happening when we're experiencing this PMS. Now, there are cultures that experience very little or no, maybe 10% of the population will experience PMS. So it really lo- leads into what are the underlying causes of these symptoms, right? And why and it can be different causes for different people. It's not always the same cause that creates these symptoms that, you know, know, don't feel good. And I really do not, you know, like, you may hear someone say, well, you're very hormonal or your spouse. So this is one of those things that you, you know, you tell men, these are things you should never say to your wife, spouse, girlfriend, is that Oh, you're hormonal, are you having PMS, like we will claim it for ourselves, but something you should not say to us, especially when we are out of balance. And hormones are good things. Our hormones are doing a really good thing. But it's other things that are going on here as well, that create the imbalance of hormones. And that's when we don't feel good. That's when we feel pre premenstrual syndrome, anxiety, irritation, depression. For many people, um, anxiety and depression is the first symptom of PMS.
0: Mm, And, and it sounds like there's a bunch of different causes. And some of them are hormonal or all of them hormonal, like what causes PMS? Yeah, no, there are so many
1: different there really are many different causes. And we look through the literature, but clinically, what I see most common is an estrogen, you know, is a progesterone deficiency and an estrogen dominance, even though both progesterone and estrogen are higher during this phase. It's an overall lower load of progesterone compared to the estrogen. So an imbalance in progesterone to estrogen, we're not clearing off our estrogen as well during this part of the cycle. And it can be just because we're older and our our eggs aren't producing enough progesterone. Maybe we had an, we didn't ovulate that cycle. And then therefore, we didn't have a, a corpus luteum produce progesterone. So we can see these symptoms of estrogen dominance. But most likely, it's because there are so many hormone disruptors in our environment, in our diet, in our lifestyles that create an estrogen excess within us. So we're really out of balance here, especially during this phase of the cycle. So so hormone disruptors, um, estrogen dominance, those are typical nutrient deficiencies such as deficiency in iodine, in zinc and magnesium, calcium and B6. Those are big culprits for why we also might get premenstrual sy- syndrome. And another thing that many people don't think about is a gut dysbiosis. So an imbalance, if you have irritable bowel syndrome, if you have constipation, if you have... SIBO or small intestinal bowel overgrowth. If you don't have healthy bacterial in the GI tract, you're more likely and more susceptible to have PMS too. So those are some three big causes.
0: Mm -hmm. That's awesome and really clear causes. Now for people that may not know what a hormone disruptor is, can we go through a little bit of what that is? We've chatted about it in the podcast before, but I think a lot of people will think, hormone disruptors. I don't have those in my house. (laughs)
1: Right, right. And it's like, do you drink out of a plastic water bottle ever? There's phthalates, those are hormone disruptors. If you look on any of the ingredients that you're washing your hair with, putting on your face, washing your body with, they can be loaded with hormone disruptors. So getting organic, clean, gluten-free, non-GMO products is really important part of cleaning up things that could be creating um, an imbalance in our bodies, these hormone disruptors. What are we cleaning our house with? What are we putting in the dishwasher to wash our dishes with that then leaves a residue and we drink, right? so even things like that where we don't even think oh my gosh never realized I could be actually this is a true story Leanne I have to tell it to you my cousin is a sommelier in the Middle East and um, he is very particular about washing his wine glasses drying them by hand etc he goes the worst thing for a wine taster is to drink wine uh, from a wine glass that's been put through a dishwasher says the residue is horrible and so I it hadn't even occurred to me that I was looking, you know, I've always used clean ingredients in my dishwasher, but I started getting better about just water rinse, you know, and, and to be more conscientious of less is more in this case. And, but so little things like that, that you're not even expecting can really be cause uh, hormone disruptors. What are we washing our clothes with? What is there, are we using air fresheners? Is there, give me that, that you know glade air fresheners huge hormone disruptors coming through there so i think there's like looking in what in our environment could be causing an imbalance to our body what could be competing with our own natural hormones they are disruptors because they compete and look like our own natural hormones and block the receptor sites so can cause
0: disruption cause you know throw us out of balance would you say that makeup also falls in line with that? Like women that are working and putting makeup on every day, or men too, whomever, just putting on makeup all of the time. Yes, absolutely. And you have to like I have to wonder
1: because we see an increase in thyroid nodules and thyroid disease. And you know, we're putting may- all these chemicals on our faces. And you know, you that a little bit once in a while probably fine, our body can filter it in and filter it out. But accumulative things, the doses from like putting on, you know, from shampooing with chemicals, and then putting on makeup, and then, you know, a spray or product in our hair, something on our nails or a hand cream, the average, according to some research by the environmental working group, it's estimated that we've put by the time a woman leaves the house in the morning, an average Working woman will have over a hundred chemicals on her body. <laughs> that was really stunning. Still, I started really looking at my ingredients. That's terrifying. That's I'll terrifying. include a couple
0: of links in the show notes for the makeup that I switched over to because uh, makeup was like the last thing yes. that I was willing to get rid of <laughs> and kind of clean up. But it's true when you start to look at all the things you're putting on your body and you know the, the chemicals and the ingredients that you can't read and it's it, yeah to tie that to PMS is a big thing because you want to feel good and you don't want to have PMS. Well, there's a really good connection right there and motivation to kind of clean up other things that you wouldn't think would directly relate to your PMS symptoms.
1: Right. No, absolutely. And then again, just thinking, you know, our natural skin is so good. I mean, I still like, I like my eyeliner and my lipstick. That is the, you know, that is 99% of my makeup, my eyeliner and my lipstick, but choose, choose good clean products. I have to
0: ask, what do you use? So (laughs) I actually, which probably isn't that good for you, but I tattooed my brows and my eyeliner on my face. (laughs) So I mean, from the grand scheme of things, I don't, I'm not applying it every day, but there is that tattoo thing. But I think I have so many tattoos at this point, what's a little line, but I personally use a mixture of different products. I really enjoy um, Beauty Counter for their um, lotions and um, their face washing stuff. And then I use uh, Sweet Lani, which is a Canadian company, actually, that uh, has really good makeup coverage. So if I have media events, I use that for that. And then there's an Etsy shop. I can't remember the name of her business. I think it's Free and Clear. Mm-hmm. Clear, wild, and free, something like that. Um, and she makes all her own products, and they're amazing. I use her mascara and um, all of the um, light cover ups and mineral makeups that she uses. And I really like them. And there's two ingredients to everything. So. What do you use? Yeah,
1: no, that's good. No, I have eyeliner tattoo too, Leanne. I was like, <laughs> I did that oh, way back when. I think my daughter's 18 now. So after I delivered my 18-year-old, I put those eyeliner tattoos on because it's an obstetrician, I'm like, man, I just, I have to have my eyeliner, right? <laughs> so I've had that for quite a long while, I'll probably do for a touch-up. And then I just use, really, I use very, very little. And so... I have used Bare Minerals, and that's been one of the products for skincare I use, Anne-Marie Gianni, And so just kind of keep it minimum. I do sometimes indulge into my lipsticks with some maybe not so desirable ingredients occasionally because I love my reds. But (laughs) I I was just going to
0: say reds are hard to find because I love my reds too. And it's very difficult to find a good red that's safe. It
1: is. It is hard. But I think one thing too, the environmental working group, ewg.org forward slash skin deep, you know, your listeners can look at that site too, to see how their products rank. And that's a really good site, ewg.org forward slash skin deep. And you can just look up your own products and see. That's eye opening.
0: Yeah, I know. I I did the same and then threw out all my stuff when it said that it was safe and then it wasn't and yeah it's brutal but baby steps it's not something you know that's taken me years upon years I remember when I first found out the perfume wasn't good for you I went home and just like ditched all of the perfume and just baby steps to that that was 10 years ago and I just got cleaned up my makeup act so it takes time (laughs) it does because we
1: have those things that we don't want to let go of but then again if you're feeling great it's sometimes hard to realize it but you don't want to like for I you know have four daughters so I'm like I don't want them to experience infertility I don't want them to experience these things because of accumulated hormone disruptors. So when we can, you know, choosing the right products and trying to model the right, you know, a moderate use of, of products in general and just being natural, really walk into natural beauty as much as possible, makeup free, clean products, and really try to ingrain that into them because it does. You know, we know that it causes PMS. We're seeing increases in infertility, obesity, and cancer, thyroid disease, um, immune system diseases. And this can, you know, this is a sign of the problems with
0: hormonal imbalance overall. Yeah. More on my interview with Dr. Anna Becca after this message from one of our podcast partners. I love being Canadian, the home of the true North, strong and free. But gosh, am I jealous that y'all in the US get access to Thrive Market. For all of my pals south of the border, my friends at Thrive Market are offering you $20 off your first three boxes of groceries, plus free shipping and a 30-day free trial. That's a total of $60 in savings, equivalent of over three tubs of collagen or over four free pounds of cacao butter, or get this, a half year's supply of free digestive enzymes, all for switching to Thrive Market for your online grocery needs. So on top of their everyday wholesale prices, the extra $60 off your first three orders plus free shipping, you're going to transform a regular $100 grocery run into an $80 dollar Thrive Market order for three months in a row for the same amount of things. Go to thrivemarket.com slash keto to get your instant $60 off free shipping and a free 30 day membership. This offer is available to new Thrive Market customers only and if you're unsure of the link simply check out the show notes for today's episode to get all the details. And how does birth control play into all of this? Uh, it's something that I removed many years ago. I'm so thankful that I did. But can we kind of go through how birth control affects PMS and these issues that we're chatting about?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like birth, when we're talking about birth control, I we'll think, primarily we think birth control pills right oral birth control pills and certainly they have a time and a place for many of us in our life cycle but it's not it's not the way it's being but not the way it's being used currently currently i see women who have been on birth control pills i mean way over 7 years right and 20 30 40 years even now so I'm women who have been on birth control pills, even through recommended on it through menopause. And there's just there are problems with this. There's problems with starting birth control pills too young. And there's problem with long term use of birth control pills. And we know this. so one of the things that birth control, like when we're talking about oral birth control pills, we're looking at estrogens and progestins. Progestins are synthetic progesterone. These synthetic progesterones disrupt our hormone feedback system also have negative side effects, negative consequences can cause increase in bad cholesterol, can increase your risk of blood clotting, can increase hair loss, and disrupt your body's natural bioidentical progesterone production. So we also know that this excess amount of estrogen and progesterone disrupt a very important organism within our body, organisms, trillions of organisms, the microbiome. So birth control pills orally definitely affect our microbiome. They're designed to, the way birth control pills work, they're designed to shut off ovulation so that we don't ovulate. We don't have a natural release of a egg. So these pregnancy level hormones are ingested to suppress, to trick your body into thinking it's pregnant, you don't need to ovulate. And so, you know, this long term is, you know, has negative negative side effects, negative feedback mechanisms also disrupts the birth control pills not only disrupt our microbiome, but they use really important nutrients that are involved in our bodies hormonal balance and our body's immune system and our and our, our neurotransmitter production. So like our happy hormone production. And those are specifically birth control pills deplete our body from several B vitamins from magnesium. And those are two big ones that are really affected by birth control pills. So we need to to um, always supplement when we're on it, but look at non-hormonal ways to use birth you know, to use birth control or to create birth control to our advantage versus just suppressing and knocking out and tricking our system into doing something, doing something differently. The other thing with um, oral birth control pills is that we know that long term, like long term use of progestins have negative consequences on the breast tissue can actually be harmful to the breast tissue in the long term, especially if we're starting, starting it early, like before age 16, but also longer-term use. So we need to definitely look at where we are out in our life and look at what's the safest, healthiest option for us at this time period. And fortunately, we do have some good non-hormonal options now or, or low-hormonal options now, too.
0: What would those be (laughs) people that are like oh my gosh oral birth control it's not so good what do i do yeah i think i forgot to mention too with oral birth control
1: pill you risk blood clots right we know certain ones are worse than other there was a um you know again depending on the type of progestin in the birth control which makes the difference. So so there are um, so with birth control you have oral contraceptive pills and then you have a vaginal ring called NuvaRing. And we used to think that that was really better because you're not taking it orally, but the NuvaRing is pretty high dosage. So you still have there's still there's a lot of systemic absorption of hormones from that NuvaRing that probably counterbalance the benefit of it not being orally. So because it's such a higher dose, if they had a, gosh, it would be nice with smaller, lower dose, but it's it's not. And then there's the Depo-Provera injections, and I hardly recommend them at all. And the, there's implants, there's progestin implants as well. Again, certainly a popular form of birth control, but not ideal. That my preference is, is the non-hormonal IUD, the Paragard Copper T IUD, so it's non-hormonal. It goes into the uterus. It's small. It sits within the uterus and will keep a sperm from meeting an egg. So, from a Catholic perspective, too, we're never actually getting a fertilization, according to the research of the of an egg over an embryo. So, there's the paragard IUD, which is, you know, I think great because it's non-hormonal. Now it is copper tea. So I always recommend a multivitamin zinc supplement. Anytime we have copper, there's a copper zinc balance in our body. And just from my clinical practice, I had a woman with a copper excess and never could trace it to the IUD. But From that time on, I always added zinc supplementation into my clients as well. Plus, we need zinc for pretty much every hormone receptor site in our body as well. It's great for good skin, nails, and clear complexion. So zinc is a good one to add in as far as a vitamin supplement. There's low dose hormonal IUD such as the there's the Mirena IUD now the Skylar IUD, which is a lower dose than the Morena. So it is one if we have to if we haven't if we're having bleeding issues that we can't seem to regulate with diet, nutrition and detoxification, this lower dose Skylar progestin containing IUD is an option. So that would be, you know, second on my list for IUDs. I'd prefer the non-hormonal and then go to the Skylar, the um, lower dose. And the IUDs are great. There used to be a lot of scary news about IUDs and them getting lost, things like that. And I haven't, I mean, it, that is by far an exception and very unusual circumstances. And in my career, I've never seen that. So so there used to be scare about IUDs, but it's something that I've recommended for decades now. And it works really, really well. It's effective and can not throw out your body's natural hormone production. So that's, that's a way. And, of course, there's temperature. There's some great apps and thermometers that are Bluetooth and can actually – you can do the natural hormone regimen, uh, rhythm method so that you're able to see your fertile cycles there's definitely a higher failure rate with these regimens as well as with condom usage. But those are those are out there too. And with now Bluetooth apps and the connections to basal body temperature thermometers, um, there are some, uh, they're better. They're, they're making it easier for us, which is so nice.
0: Yep. There's an app for that. There's I have the app. app. It's great. <laughs> which app do you use? Um, it's called Life. It's a Life app. And you just... It's really fun. It also gives you reminders of when I need to give myself a breast self exam or when I need to start taking my progesterone before, like on. I think I start on day twelve. I don't know. It tells Perfect. me <laughs> and all of those things. It's really great. I love it. I've been using it for a couple of years and. No failure yet. So, this is a good thing.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. How great. Yeah, because that is now we're getting really good about that accountability. And that's the key things. So we lose track. You know, when is my period? When's ovulation, et cetera? And so, being able to know is definitely a great. A great way keeping track of your menstrual cycle to know when you're fertile. And you mentioned a really key treatment for PMS, and that's adding bioidentical progesterone on board. And especially starting from time of after ovulation to the time either cycle day 28 or to your period, the first day of your menstrual period, and using that to help counteract estrogen dominance is seriously a godsend. And what happens now. I can walk you through, like the typical presentation often we see as a gynecologist is when a woman comes in to the office, there's the standard of care method to treat PMS, and then there's an integrative approach. Shall I go through the compare and contrast?
0: Yes, please. This was my next question. So that's great. Please do it.
1: Okay, yeah. So like typically a woman will come in the office and she's having PMS symptoms like anxiety, bloating, weight gain before her cycle, maybe some um, headaches and brain fog, just irritability, like doesn't feel like themselves. And I always tell my clients, I say, if you only hate your husband two weeks out of the months, it's most likely your hormones, not your husband, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, like when we're not feeling ourselves, and we want to feel our, like ourselves and happy and content and peace in our body all month. So client will come into, you know, my office my and say that she's having these symptoms, our standard approach would be like, huh, well, so two weeks out of the month, let me just give you Prozac for that time period. And that'll help with the anxiety, the depression, the mood. Well, and then the client comes back in, she goes out, she's okay, well, the anxiety and the moods better, but I'm having breakthrough bleeding, I'm still having cramping, my periods are heavy, it's still, you know, um, I don't like the way the I don't like the way the antidepressants making me feel I've gained a couple pounds or whatever the situation may be. And it's like, okay, well, let's put you on birth control pills. And let's just knock out these symptoms altogether. We'll just shut down your ovaries. And so then you go, you know, the client will go back and a couple months later, a couple years later, whatever the situation may be, come back in and say, I'm still having breakthrough bleeding, having uh, brain fog, low libido, because the birth control pill is going to knock out your natural testosterone peak. So you're not going to want to have sex, or less likely to want to have sex. So low libido, libido and um, breakthrough bleeding, some cramping, ovarian cyst formation now, and some breast tenderness prior to your cycle. Well, we've got you on birth control pills. We've, you know, got you on Prozac. We can try another antidepressant and um, maybe with less of a side effect of of cutting out your libido between birth control pills and antidepressants. So um, let's let's cut out your bleeding altogether and do an ablation or let's just go ahead and do a hysterectomy, take out your uterus and if you're over age 35, we'll just take out your ovaries while we're there. And that'll be, that'll be the end of it. Right. And they won't have to worry about that anymore. So the next time the client comes back and i are like, man, I have no sex drive. I have, you know, I'm dried up down there. I feel like hot flashes, mood swings, Etc. And so you're back on antidepressants, and the next thing you know, you're on, you're making an appointment with a divorce attorney and a psychiatrist. So, so that's the standard of care model. But so, what did like what did I learn in, in my medical practice and working to kind of get to the underlying root? So, if we address address the underlying reason why we're having PMS in, to begin with. Then what happens is quite different. So here the 35 year old woman comes in and she's complaining of premenstrual symptoms. And I'm going to look at her and say, Okay, well, this is great information. Let's look at what are some of the lifestyle habits and choices that could be possibly contributing to this And, and Possibly based on your age, let's look at some hormone lab work and look at a progesterone. Let's look at your thyroid. Let's look at some red blood cell magnesium and red blood cell zinc levels. Let's evaluate your DHEA, which is your adrenal hormone, and see if there's, you know, how your reserve is. Are, do you, have, is your, are you operating from running on empty? Are you, are you well nurtured as far as your hormones go? And let's go ahead and detox you because I know we get exposed to so many chemicals and things in our body, and our liver has to process our hormones. So here's some nutrients and supplements, and here's a um, a modified elimination diet, a low glycemic, so a, a low carbohydrate, a low red meat, a, you know, only whole food diet that I want you to follow for the next six weeks and I'll see you back in and we'll review your lab work. Well, if the patient comes back in, she's completely asymptomatic and I may or may not have added progesterone on at that time. So I, I to give you an example, I went from, again, I'm an Emory trained gynecologist. I'm also an osteopathic physician and I went from operating two to three times a week major operations two, two to three times a week to referring out one to two hysterectomies a year. Okay, so this is a huge difference in approach and outcome for our patients and for the, you know, the health and, and wealth of their families as well.
0: I was blown away when you were going through that whole process of the standard care and how far it gets. But I see that all the time. (laughs) Like women that come to my book signing events and they're like, yeah, I had a hysterectomy last year. No idea why. And now that I know what I know, why did I have that done? And it's terrifying. You know, all it takes is, and all it takes, that's a loaded statement, but a couple tests and, you know, adopting a different nutrition protocol with maybe perhaps a couple of supplements. And like you were saying, progesterone if they need it. And that's, it seems a lot easier and no lawyer bills yeah <laughs> right no attorney bills no divorce yeah. attorneys keeps
1: them out of our <laughs> life too right Cause we want to feel ourselves and we want to feel good and we want to have that connection. We can't mess with it. We can't mess with our design. It's, it's, our body has a tremendous ability to repair itself, as you've seen, because you've, you've hit on this and you're a pioneer in the area of, of ketogenic diets and getting our bodies into ketosis and how important that is in really helping honoring our design, right? Honoring how our bodies are designed.
0: Mhm yeah definitely that's been a huge benefit to me and also giving myself space you know when you when you start to remove you know, the insulin response of all these foods that you're eating and you're a more uh, well-rounded person because your moods are all, all over the place. really gives you time to focus on your hormones and take your body seriously and give your your body space to heal. There was something that you said um, with healing nutritionally. Uh, you mentioned, you know, going on a low-carb diet. You also mentioned no red meat. And I'd love to kind of chat about why, how, what, where red meat. So,
1: yeah, no, I'm I'm a fan of all things. Meat pretty much grass fed, etc. But when we are clearing up, like when I have someone with symptoms and they're having a hormonal imbalance, I want them to be relying on their own natural hormone production, not to receive it exogenously. So during a detoxification, typically somewhere a 21 day detoxification program, I like them to eliminate red meat for at least 10 to 14 days of that time period, because red meat takes a lot of energy to digest and break down. And when we're trying to repair and re- restore and also clean out the intestines. I don't want anything, I I want things to be digested quickly and absorbed well. And so I remove it for this time period and have clients go, very um, vegetarian during this time period as well. No, um, so I have the saying: no whites, no wheats, no no whites, no wheats, no sweet, and very little red meat. And so that's kind of their mantra during this detoxification process. And then reintroduce, then reintroduce foods as they go along. But I take out gluten,s I take out grains. I don't want anything to s- decrease absorption. So, so that's why I take out red meat during that detoxification process
0: very interesting. And, and, you know, I've never looked at it that way. It's, it's been quite interesting now that my hormones, and I actually used, well, I did go through a detoxification process personally while I was figuring out the whole keto thing. And there were periods where I was fasting and doing that. And I found that that helped for the detox stuff. And then I found when I was trying to heal my hormones, I ate a lot of grass-fed beef. I could not get enough grass-fed, grass-finished beef in my body. <laughs> like, and and that I'm sure that really helped with all the fats in there and everything. And it was the full fat Versions, but now I not a meat. I'm not a red meat person. I maybe eat it once every two weeks. I just can't even think about eating it. So it's also cool to see how your body transitions through different products. And yeah. I was having a conversation in the last podcast that I recorded of just like you know, allowing your body that space to kind of figure it out. But uh, I think it's really interesting that you would remove red meat. Does that include pork as well throughout that detoxification process?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a probably like seven, you know, a few days that you're completely vegetarian. And then there's a 72 hour bowel rest where I just have you do a protein shake or a bone broth or a uh, A fast, and um, but what you realized and what you tapped on was discernment, right? You're able to listen to your body, and know what it needed at that time. Maybe you were you were iron deficient. You needed that red meat, and you need you know, and you it resonated. This is a healthy choice for you. So that was a good discernment. And then now I know definitely for uh, my primary client base are menopausal women like myself that um, are perimenopausal women and we need less red meat and again it's that process of discernment how healthy are we are we in maintenance mode and then we're okay we're not rebuilding restoring fixing correcting but over time too we need less and our body becomes very efficient at using what we take in And I think that's a big part of discernment, knowing and trusting, you know what, I feel like this. And I don't feel like it's like in pregnancy, your awareness to what resonates healthy for your body is typically heightened. So being able to tap into that intuition and that ability to figure out what is good for you and what's not good for you, what your body needs and what it doesn't need Mm, is good discernment. That's a good sign of good, healthy body.
0: Yay. Yeah, that's so good. (laughs) Took me a while, but I'm getting there. More on my interview with Dr. Anna Kabeca after this message from one of our podcast partners. whether I'm on the go or at home in the RV, a good keto snack goes far beyond whether or not it fits my macros. I love snacking on foods that I know do right by my body. And that's why I love Paleo Valley grass-fed beef sticks. Each keto-friendly stick contains 1 billion probiotic CFUs to keep my gut healthy and happy, plus support my immune system. They come in a variety of awesome flavors. My personal favorite is summer sausage. Paleo Valley is offering 20% off their fermented beef stick snacks to listeners of the Keto Diet Podcast. Just head on over to paleovalley.com slash keto to get your instant 20% off. Unsure of the link? Simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all the details. Okay, so also kind of to merge our conversation together when it comes to hormonal birth control and keto, a lot of people, a lot of women specifically, find that their cycle changes when they go lower carb. Can we chat about why that happens? I know, Do you it's know so exciting.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I have, I, I run a program called Magic Menopause, and I tell my clients that if you've been, you know, you've been in this perimenopause state or you've been recently menopausal, don't be surprised if your period comes back in. Because what I think one of, and there's probably many factors to this, but one of the main factors, in my opinion, is certainly insulin sensitivity. You're becoming much more insulin sensitive. So this, Really enhances your body's hormonal, I mean, can your hormonal flow. Now, for some people, it's it's like resetting your circadian rhythm too, depending on what you're doing or where, where you're at. So your monthly cycle as well as your daily cycle shifts. You know, in ketosis, many people will go through sleeplessness initially. So we're adjusting our body clock a little bit. We don't only have a daily clock, we have a monthly clock as well. So that can be part of it, but I think becoming more insulin sensitive and insulin Interacts with, gosh, all our hormones. Really, so important for progesterone, for DHEA, and you know the list. Estrogens. The list goes on. Insulin so interactive to our reproductive hormones. So I think this there's a transition. I would say in my clinical experience, and I haven't read any research on this, uh, or research reports studies, prospective case control studies. But I see and I would give clients like give your body 90 days, give your body three months of cycles. And it should even you know, you should regulate. So for my menopausal women, they may start having periods again for another, you know, as long as they're staying on, a, I call it keto alkaline, because the, you know, for as we get older, we really need to focus on those alkaline vegetables, those alkaline lifestyle choices and alkaline, alkalinizing habits that help us nourish us and balance our body and ground us. So as they get keto alkaline, they may just resume their periods. And the same with clients, they'll have less PCOS, right? They'll have less PMS. They'll have increased fertility. And I think a big hormonal factor is, is the
0: ketosis.
1: Is the insulin sensitivity.
0: Mm, yeah, that's awesome. And I'm glad you touched on menopause, a whole other conversation for a whole other time. Um, perhaps even a project that I'm secretly working on that okay. listeners will find out in about a month. But menopause you and I, it's happening, yeah. but not for this conversation, because it's a big one. <laughs> mm. And how, you know, we've touched on it a little bit, either with supplementing with progesterone. Um, are there ways to supplement with progesterone or supplements that are beneficial when one is looking to balance their hormones? Or what's your stance on supplementation? Do you have any favorites?
1: Yeah, I definitely do. You know, I've, I've always worked to create solutions for my clients, because really, so few exist for, for women, for women in medicine, women in health. And I keep looking to make things easy. So one of the things is bioidentical progesterone. I created a progesterone pregnenolone cream, we call it pure balance PPR. And it has USP. So bioidentical progesterone and pregnenolone 20 milligrams of progesterone with 10 milligrams pregnenolone. These are our mother hormones. These are hormones of fertility or hormones of pregnancy or hormones of healthy brain function, bone function protective for our breast. These hormones are really, really helpful also for our serotonin. So progesterone increases GABA, which is our feel-good hormone. And so the second half, this luteal phase, if we're experiencing PMS, I typically have clients start a bioidentical progesterone cream, start with a small dose, apply it to thin skin where you see veins. So lower abdomen, lower chest, inner arms, behind the knees, rotate sites, and use it from in the evening before bedtime, from day after ovulation cycle typically depending Depends on the PMS symptoms, but if we're not re- worried, if we're not trying to get pregnant, we can start earlier than ovulation, such as around day eight or 10. But typically, if we are, we want to start after ovulation, so day 13, 14, and use it until day 28 of your cycle. And then have a withdrawal bleed, um, balance that out or until your bleeding starts naturally, then wait till um, ovulation again or around cycle day 14, 12 to 14. So that's perfect with progesterone. And, and again, to alternate, you know, to to cycle with progesterone, use it in the evening. And another herb that I use, and this is part of my, my world journey or my healing journey around the world is maca. I combined Maca in with turmeric, resveratrol, cut's claw, which is una de and many other ingredients, mangosteen greens and reds and um, other antioxidants to really promote decreasing inflammation and supporting your body's natural hormone processes as well as alkalinizing and detoxifying. So, Maca in and of itself has been shown by itself to improve PMS symptoms, as well as sex drive and libido. It's a, it's maca, not matcha. Some people get it confused with the T, but maca, it's spelled M-A-C-A, and it grows only above, you know, 10, 11,000 feet in the Andes in Peru. And it was the food that the Incan warriors reportedly would take before they went into battle to give them stamina, strength, etc. And and in Peru itself, you, if you're not feeling well, they say have some maca. If you're not, if you're infertile, they say drink some maca. And so they would nub, uh, nudge like. Uh, my um, husband at the time and say, Oh, yeah, it's the Peruvian Viagra. And so I, I dug into the research behind maca, which is so cool, is that it's high in in um, arginine. So that improves nitric oxide, which improves blood flow. It's how Viagra actually works by stimulating ni- nitric oxide it actually stimulates all three forms of nitric oxide. And so maca is pretty cool in and of itself, plus other Proteins that are only specific to this to this plant and only um, naturally indigenous to Peru, the Andes. So, so it's been it's been a tremendous beneficial supplement. I would love to. say, I, I mean, I just on New Year's Day, seriously, I had I woke up with the best message on on Facebook Messenger ever this woman had told me and I we, are, we have a growing list of Mighty Maka babies. But this woman wrote she said I'm 44 years old, I had th- three miscarriages. And I just you know, was devastated. And I just knew I had to heal my body. So I ran across your Mighty Maka plus formula. And I started it and I just wanted to let you know and show you this picture of my daughter, who is now three months old, and couldn't have done it without Mighty Maka. So she was, you know, it was really cool to see. I just woke up with that email, the message the other day. So it was awesome to see that beautiful sentiment. So when we get to the root, like if we empower the body, the body does goes a long way in healing itself.
0: Yes, it's so true. And we'll definitely link out to those supplements in the show notes for people that might be interested in taking a look. And my last question for you today is what do you feel is missing in the keto space for women?
1: Definitely the alkalinity component you know, because I think it's hard. And and I think you do this really well, your diet plans, your nutritional recommendations, you cover it. One thing I do with my clients, I have them test their urine. I created urine test strips that have a pH pad and a ketone pad. And I want them to be alkaline and then push into ketosis. One of the things I found in working with um, women over 40, you know, myself included, is that when I try to do ketosis, or ketogenic diets, I typically would get very irritable. I call it keto crazy. Leanne, I don't know if you've seen this among your client base, Uh, (laughs) keto crazy. And I'm like, well, what the heck, this cannot be good for women. And then it wasn't until I really figured out that, well, when I'm pushing ketosis, I'm no longer alkaline, which I always had my clients detoxing, check their urine to see if they were getting an alkaline pH. And then I, that, or we need more minerals, or we need more greens or whatever else is going on. So I started getting me and clients and now hundreds of women over 50 alkaline first, and then into ketosis. It is like beautiful. It is enlightenment. And it's a, fabulous feeling. It really does feel so much better. So I think that alkaline piece that women, we need probably, we definitely need more carbs than men here, but we need the right kind, we need the greens, we need the alkalinizers, and really important choices, important choices there for hormone balance. So we can detox the toxins that are in our fat stored as we start to melt that away and and really help our body maintain that balance this is a really good state to be in to combine the ketosis with alkalinity and as we're more discerning and sensitive and in tune with our body as we get older if we're not medicated from our own awareness this keto alkaline combination is fabulous it's excellent
0: And where can people find you so that they can learn more about all the things you have going on? You listed off a bunch of cool projects that you're working on and work that you do. Where can people find more information from you on all of those things?
1: Yeah, great. So my website is drannacabeca.com. So D-R-A-N-N-A-C-A-B-E-C-A dot com. Thank you.
0: We will include rather that link in the show notes today. So if you guys are over on helpfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E75, checking out all of the resources for today's show, Dr. Anna's links will all be there as well. So thanks so much for coming on the show today, Dr. Anna. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me.